the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made off money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's a woman's world. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It is Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving out there to everybody there. Super honored to have you here with us tonight on uh, this special day. Hopefully, uh, you've had your fill of some yummy food and you're ready to sit down and enjoy some good conversation. And we do have that for you guys tonight on tonight's Andrea K. Show. We've got Scott Powell, who's going to be back with us. He's been on before. His new book is Rediscovering America. And he's got an interesting article out on The Federalist that's all about the pilgrims and how Americans have much to learn from the pilgrim story it's a story of faith, gratitude, and perseverance. And I'm kind of wondering, I'm about to bring in my man here, I'm kind of wondering if we've not gotten a little far away from uh, what the pilgrims were all about. we got that to share with you guys. I might even have a bombshell about Thanksgiving to start off this show with. And before I go any further, i got to bring in my partner here every night of the week, even on a Thanksgiving, it's DJ Potato Skins. No, I mean, you told me before the show <laughs> what your bombshell, it consists of, I don't know if I can even be your friend anymore. Of course you can, because you know what? What is more exciting? What is more fun than working with somebody that always has a bombshell, particularly it, it, when it involves dropping a bomb in the middle of a, of a favorite American tradition? This is definitely an American <laughs> tradition for, I'd say, millions of Americans. Yeah. Well, the other night I dropped a bombshell that myself and somebody here at the station, I'm not going to out him and say who it was isn't a fan of pumpkin pie right so and then we had wendy patrick on the show who's also got a show here she's a part of our family here she dropped the bomb in the middle of thanksgiving that she doesn't even like turkey all i want to do now is i actually you called uh mr dandy tom del Bacaro out saying that he was making homemade pumpkin pie yeah i want tom's pumpkin pie i want him to make some (laughs) i want i want some of tom's homemade ravioli he can keep the pumpkin pie you know what else y'all can keep here's my bombshell Mm -mm. for y'all I'm going to give you a little hint. Did I get the tune right? Uh, Mostly. Mostly. And yes, I watch that every year. Okay. If y'all don't recognize, y'all know my musical abilities, particularly when it comes to singing. Well, I have no actual musical abilities when in in relations to playing a musical instrument. And singing is even worse. But that was the theme of the Peanuts. Okay. Please tell me you at least like the Peanuts in general. No. Oh my goodness! No. I don't know who you are. I anymore. cannot even be. I don't even. And I, because I couldn't stand to watch the Peanuts as a kid, including okay. Uh, what's the reason? Is it a Turkey Charlie Brown? Is that what the big saying it's is? It's a Thanksgiving Charlie. It's Brown. a Thanksgiving Charlie Brown. Because I could never stand I, at the uh, Peanuts cartoons. I don't even really get any of the. I don't get any of the references, like the kicking the football reference. I don't even know what that means. It would take too long to explain the humor to you. But what? What about the Peanuts? Doesn't appeal to you. 
I didn't like um, wah, 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 wah. If you're going to have a character, I was even from, I came out of the womb liking a character-driven show. Um, I want the human being, I want human beings, and I don't like, I don't like. uh, Well, that's part of the humor. Not being able to understand a word the teacher is saying and having them respond is classic. I want to hear what people have to say. I mean, what part of having a, I am a conversationalist. I like having conversations with people. I like, and, and unlike those on the left, I actually like to hear what other people have to say. Right. I mean, to me, that was the that was the original suppression of, of speech. The teacher didn't get to say what she really wanted to say. I also didn't like a character that dra- that sucked his thumb and dragged a blanket behind the by, behind the, behind him on the ground while spewing dirt because dude never took a bath. Oh, Pigpen! I he, used to. He's w- beloved. Was he the same one with the blanket? No, that's Linus. That's Linus. Okay. Um, look, for me, I, even as a kid, I would take two baths a day. I was all about staying clean, if, even as a kid. So I can't relate to a filthy character. If you're going to bag on any uh, Charlie Brown character, I, I will sit here and listen to you. Do not bag on my man Linus. <laughs> okay, um, I, maybe you sucked your thumb up until you were twenty. No, I don't know. No, my, my one of my kids did. Okay. Well, not till they were twenty. But All right, let's move into. So that was my bombshell on Thanksgiving, and don't be adding me. Y'all know I didn't like cartoons as a kid. I watched regular TV shows on Saturday mornings when, when my brother and sister were watching Bugs Bunny. It you just were, cartoons aren't my thing. You were watching crime TV out of the womb. I was. And I was watching war movies on Saturday mornings. The one kid, the only kind of kid programming I watched as a kid was I did like Shirley Temple movies. And those were what? Actual human beings saying words to each other. It wasn't a cartoon. All right. All right. So Thanksgiving. So that is a Thanksgiving tradition I'm not, I'm not big on. Um, let's, let's spend a little time. You and I were talking before the show mm-hmm. in terms of traditions. We were kind of wondering, If America, if Thanksgiving was ever about faith, or was the traditions of Thanksgiving always just about pie, dressing, the controversy of stuffing versus dressing, and that kind of stuff? What was your family's traditions growing up, and did it center on faith at all? Well, my family's both, my mom's and my dad's side of the family, were both very deeply religious. Now, not everybody within those individual big families was religious, but overall, both sides of the family were religious sections of the family. And so when we would come together, whether it be Thanksgiving or whether it be Christmas, we would overall, and even those that weren't religious, we would pray before every meal. I think I mentioned on one of our other Andrea K shows that I'm starting a new tradition this year, which is actually an old tradition of my grandmother's that recently passed away. She used to make every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, this Jewish bread that mm. you would pass around the entire family, would take a piece of it, and then we would all join that hands. That was the challah bread, right? The challah braided. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, somebody would stand out and say a prayer. At, later on in life, it became my cousin Eamon, and he would say a prayer in Hebrew. <gasps> I love that. And he spoke Hebrew, or he just memorized a Hebrew prayer? Uh, I think a little of both. Wow, that's still impressive. And then everybody, again, even if they weren't religious, participated in that because it meant something deeply to the family. And it's something that uh, I don't want to die with my grandmother, so I'm bringing it back this year and having Thanksgiving, the first one with my wife at our house, family is coming over. We're going to start that again. I think that's amazing and beautiful, and it ties in perfectly. In a few moments, we're going to have Scott 
uh, Powell on with us, who's written this piece about the pilgrims. And one of the things he talks about in there, the five achievements, and he does talk about faith and the role that it played amongst, and it was based on uh, not just Christianity, but also Judaism as well. So I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say. And if he, if he, if, if the challah bread thing was a part of that at, at one point, um, for my family, um, grow, I grew up in the, in the deep south in the Bible Belt. We prayed over a snack, okay? We come in and have a cookie in the afternoon. Did you say grace over that? We called it saying grace. Did you say grace over that cookie? You know, did you bless it to the nourishment of your body? So to me, when the faith part of Thanksgiving only really played into the fact that we said, that we said a blessing, we said grace. Um, but that wasn't, but we did every meal. So it really wasn't specific to Thanksgiving. And, it, and, and that's a shame. Because we're going to hear from Scott Powell in a few minutes that faith was at the core of the pilgrims coming here. But really, and, and if you think of Thanksgiving being central to America, wasn't freedom of religion why why America was founded in the first place? It, because we didn't want to be told we had to be part of the Church of England. Well, and that's what I, I remember my history. Of course, history is not taught anymore in our schools. But that was one of the first things I remembered as I started creating some of my own family traditions as I got older was that the basis of Thanksgiving, regardless of what it's become today, and in some families it has a spiritual meaning and some it doesn't, was that the pilgrims were of deep faith Mm -hmm. and to have that freedom of religion was very important to them and they brought that to the Thanksgiving table. Right. And at a time in which, and I'm super glad that Scott's able to join us today because we know we can't even have Columbus Day anymore. It's Indigenous People Day and you know, the anti-American forces are all about trying to tell us that we're an evil empire that came here and stole the land away from Indians. And there's there's nothing positive that anybody wants to say over Thanksgiving anymore. All they would do, all they want to do is uh, is talk about the food. And so um, we're going to talk about the history of Thanksgiving with Scott Powell. And you're going to hear the five accomplishments they had centered on faith, gratitude, and perseverance. So we're going to take a break. We come back. You will hear from Scott Powell on the other side of the break. Don't go away. This is the Andrea K. K. Show Thanksgiving edition. And we're grateful to have you here with us. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show special Thanksgiving edition. And I'm giving thanks for so much tonight. And particularly, I'm, I'm thankful to not just all you listeners out there and everybody here in the crew at uh, AM 1170, The Answer, and FM 96.1 North County, but also the amazing people that are willing to come on my show and share their wisdom and also you know give their time so that we can all have great content. And tonight, on tonight's Thanksgiving show, we've got Scott Powell's returning with us. He's got this book, and he's been on before. You guys know about it, Rediscovering America. And he's got a great piece out in The Federalist about the pilgrims. And at the open of the show, Skins and I were talking about faith, whether or not it's a, a, still a part of American traditions for Thanksgiving, a part of our lives. Was it ever? And so I'm glad to have Scott Powell on to give some answers to us about the, the five achievements of the pilgrims and the character that they displayed and whether or not that's still relevant in America. The article is Faith gratitude and perseverance americans have much to learn from the pilgrim story and he joins me now hi scott powell welcome back to the andrea k show 
Well, it is wonderful to be with you and your audience. Okay, so um, in answer to the question that uh, DJ Potato Skins and I were discussing at the open of the show, Thanksgiving at least initially did have a religious component, didn't it? Because the pilgrims came here in a quest for religious freedom. As you kick us off with their five significant achievements, talk to us about faith. Well, I think the the backstory of the pilgrims, um, you know, they came to the, uh, you know, they started on their voyage in 1620. That was about a hundred years after the Reformation took place. And remember, the Reformation was a purification of the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church, being a big institution, had practices which seemed to be inconsistent with the Bible. You know, the most egregious ones were, you know, were were raising money by way of selling indulgences. In other words, if you gave more money to the Church, you would have a higher place in heaven, something like that. Anyway, Martin Luther rejected that, and uh, there were others too, but, but Martin Luther is, is sort of given credit uh, for, for really launching this big Reformation in 1517, and the pilgrims were, <clears throat> were born in that tradition. They were Protestants, and they found that the Church of England had corrupt practices and formalities that were carried over from the Catholic Church days, and they... <clears throat> and they uh, wanted to start their own church, and and the 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 uh, the British government wouldn't wouldn't give them a charter to do that, and so they they had sort of a home church. Ultimately, they came to persecution, and they fled England and went to Holland, and lived there for about ten or eleven years. Meanwhile, the colony in Jamestown, the very first colony in America that was sponsored by the British. Uh, you know, was finally getting traction and being reasonably successful. It almost failed. And word got back that the New World could be the best place for them to go. And, of course, there were prayerful people, and they really viewed going to the New World much like the Israelites leaving the bondage mm-hmm. of captivity and slavery in Egypt. Uh, you know, the, the, the Jewish people left uh, Egypt the Pharaoh and and the Egyptian bondage to go to the promised land in Israel. And the pilgrims viewed viewed their calling to go to the New World in exactly the same way. So there's a there's a connection between the Christian uh the, the you know the, the, think of Thanksgiving and the pilgrims as being Christian, but there's also uh a, a Hebraic uh, element to to uh, the pilgrims and Thanksgiving, so that it's really a holiday that's appreciated by both Christians and and Jews. You know, I want to interrupt you there, Scott, because at the open of the show, when I, Noah and I were talking about our family's uh, traditions and and faith inclusion uh, in that, uh, Noah was is actually bringing back a tradition that his grandmother had started many years ago. Tell Scott about that, and and, may, and maybe Scott has heard of this before. It might be specific to your grandmother, but it might not be. Yeah, Scott. Um, back my for Christmas and Thanksgiving, for as long as I can remember growing up, my grandma would make this Jewish bread, and it was uh, a pretty sizable loaf, and we would pass it around to the different members of the family. As I was telling Andrea, regardless of whether they were religious or not, even though most of our family was deeply religious, everybody would take a piece of the bread, and then we would all gather in a circle, 
And especially as I got older, my cousin Eamon, he would be the one that would actually lead the family in prayer, and he would say it in Hebrew. And it was just a tradition that meant so much to me. And about uh, a little over a year ago, my grandmother passed away, God rest her soul. And it is something that I don't want to see pass away. And um, so I'm going to bring the tradition back into my household, being recently married. And for my first Thanksgiving with my beautiful wife and having the family over, we're going to carry on that particular tradition. Have you heard of that before? The challah bread, the Jewish challah bread that's braided? I don't know. This could be specific to to Noah's family, but I just, I, when you, you're the first that I've heard to talk about this Christian and Jewish connection. And I didn't know if maybe you'd heard about that tradition before about the bread. Well, I, I can't say that I, I am that familiar with all the Jewish traditions, <clears throat> but I just know that the fundamental story mm-hmm. <clears throat> of, of the pilgrims, they likened themselves to the Israelites going to the Promised Land, that they too were going to the, you know, to the Promised Land of the mm-hmm. New World. Uh, and you talk in your article about how without the pilgrims having courage, absolute faith in their cause and calling, and a willingness to sacrifice and risk everything, they never would have, they never would have made it over here. And we wouldn't have America as we know it. You, it, the second thing you talk about is the foundation of self-government. And then I was reminded of a civ- of civics class with the Mayflower Compact. I don't even know if we teach this to kids today, but that was the foundation of our Constitution and self-government. Tell everybody quickly about the Mayflower Compact. Well, the Mayflower Compact um, was, it, I view it as sort of the, the second achievement, the first achievement of the Pilgrims was that they were they were single-minded their their sole quest in coming to the new world was a spiritual one they were not motivated by money or by finding gold as many mm-hmm. other colonists were they were motivated by one thing and that is that they wanted to live their lives biblically as as they believed that uh as their community believed they wanted to live in harmony and, and live according to the biblical precepts that, that uh, they had shared. So that was the first thing. The, the, second, um, the second thing was that in crossing the ocean, they got a late start, and they were supposed to go, they were chartered by the Virginia Company in London, and they were given a, an area to settle and create a colony, and that was in the northern part of the Virginia Charter Territory, and that would take them up to the mouth of the of the Hudson River. So, you know, New Jersey, New York, that's where they were supposed to go. But uh, the bad weather and, and gale force winds blew them off course. Uh, they almost lost the ship. The main beam in the ship uh, actually was cracked. Scott, we're so, gonna, I, I'm no, going to have to fast forward a little bit. We're not yeah. going to be able to get through all five of the achievements and the character if mm-hmm. we don't skip some of the stuff. I hate to do that, but... but okay. um, So it was a herring, so... Um, so, uh, so, so anyway, so they got blown off Cape Cod. They didn't know... They really didn't know what they were in for. They were out of their chartered area. They didn't know where they were going to settle. They prayed to God that they could find a place with fertile soil and fresh water and they proceeded and ended up settling. Uh, You know, the Cape Cod, they explored Cape Cod, was all sandy. But before they went ashore, there was was dissension on the ship. They'd run out of food. What they had left was subject to spoilage, and there was 
not an insurrection or a mutiny, but a lot of insolence. And so the wisdom of the, of the, of the pilgrim leaders was to create a document that would bring everybody together in unity, because only in unity could they hope to survive in what could be very hostile, a very hostile environment. So they drafted up this Mayflower Compact, and all the people aboard, all the men aboard, signed their names. And remember that the Mayflower had about half pilgrims, Mm -hmm. Christian pilgrims, and about half non-believers. So this document was to bring everybody together, and it was the first uh, it was the foundation of, of government. Mm, yeah. The, yeah. The foundation of the Constitution that will come later. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to continue our discussion with Scott Powell and the five achievements of the pilgrims and what we need to learn from them in terms of quality of character when we come back. So don't you go anywhere. This is the Andrea K. Show special Thanksgiving edition. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Special guest with us tonight, Scott Powell, here to educate us all on everything that we need to learn from the pilgrims. They have five achievements and also the character that they that they show to the world we need to continue uh, we need to reestablish here in this country so we where we left it was with the mayflower compact which was the uh which established the foundation for democratic self-government based upon the will of the people which was the foundation for the u.s constitution which would be drafted and adopted some 170 years later that leads us into your discussion about a lasting peace treaty um tell us about that before we then and then how that led into rejecting social well, yeah, and I'll try to get through it quickly. But <clears throat> so when they al- arrived in, in Plymouth, it was December and it's cold in New England. They had a devastating uh, winter. Uh, they arrived in December. The winter was cold and they lost about half their half the pilgrims mm. uh, died during that uh, dur- during that harsh winter. But that didn't deter them. They uh, the survivors uh you know, they were still had their vision and their determination. And um, so they did the, the, the Indians that lived nearby were friendly Indians, which was uh, really a very fortunate thing. And that's uh, where Squanto, they met with Squanto. Squanto had already oh, been yeah. to England before. Mm-hmm. And Squanto was able to translate uh, to the Indians because he, he spoke broken English. And so it was that they decided that it would be important to have a treaty with the Indians. And so the the uh, the uh, the pilgrims and the Indians entered into a peace treaty that lasted more than fifty years. Wow. And that was sort of the 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 set the third major achievement of the pilgrims. Unlike other colonists that had adversarial relations with Indians and a lot of fighting uh, and sometimes you know battles and war and death, the Indians and the pilgrims lived in peace for more than fifty years. And there was no other, uh, no other colonists achieved this kind of peace with the Indians. So that that made the Pilgrims very unique. Now they were also called to follow the the, the precepts of the Virginia Charter, and and they were told that when you get to your colony and you begin to farm and you harvest, you do it communally, you do it together, and you share the harvest communally. So that's really. No one owned anything, and we do it all together. It was a sort of a socialist approach. But what happened was that the 
many of the, many of the people didn't really put in their fair share of work, and yet they wanted their fair share of the proceeds. Of course, isn't that the, that's just the beauty of socialism, right? The the, the right. you know um, the it feeds into the least of the worst human nature, right? It, it, it really does, and of course they discovered this by their own experience. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, more than two hundred and thirty years before Karl Marx was even born, almost. So. Mm-hmm. So, so they they experienced it. Now, they they felt that they needed to follow the charter. So, the the first winter, the first harvest was was a meager one because of this the failure of the productivity. But nonetheless, they wanted to give thanks to God that they survived, even though they lost half their people. They they were survivors, and they wanted to give thanks for the harvest. So that was the that was Thanksgiving. They invited the Indians to come. The assumption was that they'll probably show up with about as many people as we have, which is about 50. Well, the Indians came with about 100, 100 Indians show up with Massasoit, and they brought all kinds of, of, uh, of food, fowl. They, they'd shot not just turkeys, but pheasants and other birds. They had, they had five deer that they had shot. And, of course, they used bows and arrows in those days. <clears throat> but the Indians were great hunters. And so it was quite a uh, it was quite a festival. So that first Thanksgiving was a three day affair, and there was more than enough food to to go around. And, and it just uh, goes to show that the Indians um, were happy to be there. They were gracious, and they came and they joined were. together. And so the the mischaracterization today of of our history is just astounding. And it's important to, to have people like you correctly, you know, documenting and telling the story of what happened. How did they go from there to the fourth major achievement of rejecting socialism? How long did it take them to wise up and go, you know what, we're tired of the freeloaders dragging down our production and making us hungry? Well, they, uh, William Bradford decided to, to, to stay within the provisions of the Virginia guidelines. And so she, so the, fir- the first season's harvest was dismal. They gave it, a, they gave it one more year and the next season would have been the season of uh, 1622, and that harvest was also pretty meager. So he could see that this is this not going to work, and so he decided to divide up the land and give each family a parcel of land and allow them to plant whatever they wanted to plant for, you know, f- for food that they'd consume or food that they'd sell and trade. And lo and behold, productivity went way up. So mm-hmm. the fourth major Imagine that. was the rejection of socialism and the adoption of private enterprise. So that was that was part of the Pilgrim's story. It's amazing. I mean, this is long before Karl Marx, long before Adam Smith had wrote The Wealth of Nations about the virtues of the free market system. They figured it out. <laughs> Well, yeah. So, uh, and that's and that's this is one uh, ask. Well, this is one of the reasons why they don't teach the truth about Thanksgiving anymore in our schools because the experience there. I mean, there's it's just one more uh, experience that people can draw upon to show the proof of of what uh, of the failures of the ideology of socialism and communism. Um, moving into qualities of character. So I think that was the fifth. That was the fifth. Um, so no, the, the, Actually, the fifth, the fifth factor, and, and it's very brief, but the fifth factor that distinguished the pilgrims was that they looked outwardly. Mm. They, they had a lot of tolerance within because they had a diverse community. You had believers and non-believers living together in the Plymouth colony, uh, but they looked outwardly. And when they heard that Massasoit was ill, 
uh, Edward Winslow was one of the senior elders who was decided and was sent to, to minister uh, to Massasoit with herbs and broth and, and uh, to pray over him. And uh, he was 40 miles away. It took several days to get there, but he got there even on his deathbed and, and immediately began to, you know, to, to, you know, to, to nurse him to health, pray over him. And he made a remarkable recovery. And, and Massasoit said, and I can't quote exactly, but he said words to the effect, now I see that the Englishmen care for me and love me, and I will never forget that. Mm. So it was symbolic uh, that, that the success of the pilgrims was also that they, they looked for opportunity to help other people, to serve other people. And in some ways, you know, the, the, the five achievements and the qualities of character that made them exemplary are as relevant today as ever. So if we mm. were to do a Thanksgiving makeover, it might include rekindling a quest for adventure, because they were very adventurous in crossing that ocean, developing faith to hold on to a vision of a promised land. And that, that could be a vision of an achievement that you want to make, uh, no matter what. Well, yeah, I'm, uh, let's, let's sit on that for a second, because to me, that's so much at the core of American culture, Scott Powell, is it not, that this country was not founded on the idea of, of entitlement and that the government was going to give you anything, right? And part of that is because of what they experienced with the lazy people. It was about having a vision and being willing to work hard enough for it that you, and be willing to, to suffer some hard times for it, like, they, like what you described on the passage here. Here, right, everybody. But today in America, they just want they, they don't want to have to have a vision. They don't want to have to suffer anything. They don't want to have to sacrifice anything. They don't want to have to do for others. They don't want to have to have any faith or any hard work or ambition. They just want everything given to them, right? Well, there are some people like that, but those people generally are not as happy and as fulfilled as people who That's make right. their own way. That's right. And and so I think we you know part of our job is is to educate people mm-hmm. is to is to Remind people that God made you unique, and you have unique and unique talents and abilities. No one is like you, and you need to fulfill your destiny. And I can't tell you what that is, but you've got to do some soul searching. That's really what what young people go through: education and college. You hope that you come out the other side with some idea of where you belong and what you want to do. And not just um, your purpose, but also as you're develop, developing character, we've not done, we've we've harmed society and children by by everybody getting a blue ribbon, no discipline anymore, nobody having to suffer any consequence for their actions. And, and it's counterintuitive, but actually spoiling people like that is actually what ends up resulting in misery. Because if you just expect right. to, you if you expect to get everything you want in life and you don't have to work for it and you never have any any hardship and everybody gives you something you're you're not going to be able to appreciate when you do have something great come your way right and you're not going to be able to weather the storms of life and as a Christian one of the things I focus on is trying to understand that I'm to have peace regardless of my circumstances and that, that God does not promise us that we're not going to have trials and tribulations we are. Um, Absolutely. We've got a Absolutely. couple couple minutes left. You um, so re- you mentioned revitalizing well, revitalizing respect and tolerance. Yes, but I think to build on what you just said, mm-hmm. Andrea, you know, mustering the courage to go against the crowd mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and defend the truth. 
the pilgrims were going against the British. They were persecuted. They even went to jail before they fled to Holland, you know, before they came. They they went through, you know, they but they held on to their beliefs. Uh, They wanted to defend the truth and they had the courage to do it. And um, I think, you know, in, in so doing, they gained resolve to endure hardship. And I think they also revitalized, you know, we need to revitalize the respect for and tolerance of people of different beliefs, just as the, the pilgrims were successful, partially because they were very tolerant people. I mean, tolerance is, has largely been lost in American culture. Well, today. let's define tolerance quickly, because they didn't, they didn't, tolerance was not defined in those times by the pilgrims having to give up their faith. That's right. They, the Mayflower right. Compact was 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 a Christian and secular agreement, and it didn't involve the Christians having to give up their Christianity. Oh, absolutely not. What it was being tolerant means that you don't force your ideas on anyone else, mm-hmm. and that you respect other people even though you might disagree with them. Right. And we need we need that. We need to revive that in our country, and we need to revive it because none of us, I don't care how bright you are. And if you're a Christian, no matter how elevated your beliefs are and your understanding of the Bible, no one has a monopoly on the truth. And it often is the competition of ideas that brings out greater understanding and and allows us to move closer to the truth. And that's true in every field. That's true in, in our religious life. It's true in our business life. It's true in our academic life. No one has a monopoly on the truth. And there needs to be a competition of ideas constantly in order to find out, uh, in order to get closer to the truth, in order to find out what works. And we can, we can let's wrap by saying we can learn from the pilgrims in, 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 based upon a competition of ideas. They also adjusted and made changes when something didn't work, like That's socialism, right. instead of just continuing to double down. Scott Powell, thank you so much for being here. Tell everybody where they can get your book, Rediscovering America. Well, the book's available um, on at Barnes & Noble, Target, you know, most where, where books are sold, you can find You can find it online. Amazon, I, you know, I have a hate-love affair with Amazon, but they do dominate the book business, and there's a lot of reviews there on the site. So look up Rediscovering uh, America. My name is Scott S. Powell, and you'll find plenty of reviews there. But I wrote the book for, for busy people. It's short, it's succinct, and it tells you powerful things about our heritage and our past and gives you the, you know, it gives you what you need in order to push back against the critics of America because we are a unique and great nation. We are. Well, Scott Powell, happy Thanksgiving to you. God bless you and thank you for being here. Absolutely, Andrea. Let's do it again. All righty, we will. And stay tuned. we got a final segment of this Thanksgiving special for you guys on the other side of the break. AK, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to the final. This is tonight's Thanksgiving special. It's our final segment of the show. And I'm kind of sad because I'm just sitting here full of so much gratitude for you guys out there and, and for this nation after listening to Scott Powell go through in detail 
the amazing achievements of, of the pilgrims, which we can really take so much from that in terms of what why that made America so great, why, why it was the foundation for us being the greatest country uh, in the history of the world, and then also the character traits that we can take from that. What stood out for you in what Scott Powell was talking about in our history of Thanksgiving, DJ Potato Skins? Well, I was very close in my children's education, and it was really – I'm sure it started before then. Um, it wasn't nearly as bad as it is now, but when my kids were in middle school and high school, I had noticed a deletion of history. Talking uh, When Scott was talking about the Mayflower, I mean, that was something I remember from my history class that mm-hmm. I was just fascinated by, and that was really the backbone of America. And they want you to forget the backbone of America, and we cannot let our children forget it. Because otherwise, they're never truly going to know how great this nation is. Yeah, I have not seen is May. I haven't heard anything about Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Is it even happening this year? I hope so because it, that's actually another tradition, not only of mine but my wife as well. She used to watch that with her kids when they were growing up, and now that they're a tiny bit older, they actually look forward to it. Yeah, so I haven't heard about that. I I have not seen. Usually, I see one of one of the American traditions and related to Thanksgiving. Speaking of schools, you reminded me of it. Was there used to be all these Thanksgiving? Um, plays and productions that were done in schools. I don't see that. And I've got lots of friends that have kids and grandkids in schools and stuff. I'm not seeing anything about any school productions and plays that have to do with Thanksgiving. Um, which was, which was just, that was as much a part of, of American culture growing up. And I'm not even hearing about that. You know, it makes you wonder, you know, and I don't think this is just commercialism because it's really hard other than, hey, turkey's on sale to really commercialize Thanksgiving. Right. Why I think it often gets overshadowed by Christmas, thinking about what Scott Powell had to say, what I already knew coming in, I think it is the religious aspect of it that they do not want people to focus on. Well, they also don't want to focus on um, all the other aspects. These were people that so had a vision and so wanted to get away from tyranny in the interest of of freedom of religion that they were willing to – um, I, I mean, to think about what they went through, the courage it took to get on that Mayflower. Y'all know I'm obsessed with the ocean, right? What was I watching last night on, on, on YouTube? I watched a video of a yacht that got sank 14 miles off the coast of Portugal because a whale bit off the rudder. Oh, geez. And they're sinking 14 miles off of a coast, right? And that was on a yacht. These people were not on a yacht. I mean, and I, and my heart was racing last night thinking about these people having to get into, uh, get into a, a, a life raft with the Coast Guard that was going to come and rescue them. These, these people had no Coast Guard to rescue there them. There was no safety net. There was no safety net. And these were people of all ages, but they had a vision, what they were willing to go through for freedom. That's the story that they don't want told today. They don't want to, they don't want to hear that the Indians showed up having shot five deer well, with all these other gifts and that, the, that there was a peace accord that took place and, and there was peace with these Indians for 50 years because the left wants to hide Jack our history and make America be not about freedoms. And and yes, we all know that there was dark days in terms of America, but you know what? Pick a continent that didn't have dark days, right? If you, if you don't hear, Andrea, all these stories about freedom and what people sacrifice in order to obtain it, the children don't know that, hey, okay, I've heard about this freedom thing, but you know, it's not 
that special because no one's really stood up for it before. Right. And that's exactly where they want you so that you can buy into the socialist manifesto. This, the, There has been a disinformation campaign on Thanksgiving going on for a long, for a long time. time. And it's about trying to paint the pilgrims as a bunch of oppressors who came here and stole land from people. And you know what? To my knowledge, uh, yes, there were people living here then. Um but does that mean nobody else was allowed to come here? This And the same people calling the pilgrims a bunch of oppressors who came here and stole land are perfectly happy that we've got an open border on the south where millions are flooding in here, right? So that's the level of hypocrisy that's going on oh, yeah. as the left tries to um, tries to, to change history, to falsify history. And I'm, I'm call, recalling a quote that Bob Walters had in the first chapter of his book that had to do with with those who control – the schools control the past or control education, control the past. And I was like, I didn't get that quote. It might have been from Orwell. And he said, because they get to rewrite history. And that's what's going on here. And so we have to be reclaiming our history, retelling the truth about what this country was founded on. And it's not about trying to portray America as perfect because we're not. And neither are Christians. But if you go into, Andrea, a a schoolroom today, especially a public schoolroom, any level, it does not matter, elementary, middle, high school, you're going to find none, if very little, of American exceptionalism. Of course not. Now, if they were to have a Thanksgiving um, a production in the schools, they would have men being wearing the old, they would have women wearing the traditional man's pilgrim, pilgrim costume, but that was the men with the brown and they yep. had the black yep. buckle, right? And, that, and then the women were in the pilgrim dresses. They, now, you'd have to have men on stage, the young boys wearing the dresses and vice versa. They would have to somehow, and you'd have to have a drag queen coming out in the turkey costume you know i you want to laugh but you're not wrong no no i'm not wrong no i'm not wrong and then of course we'd have to have we'd have to have tofurkey in the shape of a turkey because you know we've got all or a plant because you can't even eat (laughs) i almost have to end this show right now that's just disgusting well right because part of the also the way they're trying to demonize america is that we are we are a society that was that's based on the food chain and we believe we're at the top of it and we think it's okay to eat animals yep and you know what so did the native americans that used to be called american indians i checked my bible andrea mm-hmm. and that's actually correct we are yeah we at the and top we of the do food. and i'm okay with that look there look and and this again goes back to our faith um, God, in, in all of his wisdom and his brilliance, created earth and, and the food chain. And I can't, as somebody whose mama grew up on a dairy farm and I spent a lot of time on that farm, let me tell you, there's no other reason for a chicken or a cow to be put on this earth than to provide food and sustenance and and um, leather products. We're and supposed warmth. to have dominion over the animals. Absolutely. Of course, we're supposed to have dominion. Except for our fur babies. All right. Wrapping up, we've got a couple of minutes left. Let's talk about what we're thankful for this Thanksgiving. You're newly married. I'm newly married. So I think first and foremost, I'm definitely very grateful and very thankful that God has placed Cami in my life and that we're able to share the rest of our lives together, blending her family and my family. Uh, we fit together very nicely, not just us, but our families together and our first big holiday together both sides of the family is going to be extra special. I'm very thankful for both of my kids that are both tremendous young men and in their 20s now and making great strides to have a great future. We were talking a little bit about that off the air. And mm-hmm. they're not political guys, 
but they make common sense decisions because they've paid attention to what dad has said a couple of times over the years. Mm-hmm. And uh, that makes me very happy and, and very proud. And to think about my grandma around this time of year and that some of her traditions are going to be passed down, not just, again, with me and my family, but hopefully for generations to come. Well, I'm thankful that I'm not hearing that there was a lot of fighting going on about who's coming over and whether or not anybody was wearing a mask and whether or not anybody got tested and who somebody voted for. Because Thanksgiving became a battleground years ago, even before COVID, and it had to do with Trump. There were people that were like, I'm not inviting you. The fall of election time, 2016, that was when I first started noticing how people were using holidays as a weapon against people. and. Sad. And it's really, really sad because uh, the pilgrims welcomed everybody, right? The pilgrims didn't say to the Native Americans, okay, y- y- have you been tested? Right. You got a mask covering in your face, right? Uh, so, Are you up to date on your vaccine? You, have, you, have you gotten a booster? Uh, we're, you know, um, and of course, they didn't have elections at that time. But the way it's become politicized like everything else. And I haven't heard that much about that this no. year. So I, I know that Fraud Fauci came out and tried to warn people about get togethers again. And I'm grateful that nobody's listening to that fool. Um, for me, what I'm grateful for is that um, I've got a support system that I've learned over the years that family is not about just DNA. No, not at all. And that, and that this is a time that I, I, I reflect on the gratitude that I have for my family, which some have my DNA and some don't. And that this past year has been a rough one and they've helped carry me through that. And so is my Lord and Savior, who's still on the throne no matter what happens in this country. And that, you know, at the end of the day, that's a tremendous thing to think about that even when things get bad, he knows what's going to happen and he's going to take care of it. Right. And that this is my temporary home. So Thanksgiving for me when I was a kid growing up wasn't so much about faith, but the older I get, it certainly is. And I'm grateful for you, Skins. And I'm very grateful for you, not just working together, but we've become fast friends over the years, and uh, I love you. And we are grateful for you guys out there. We hope you're having a very safe and glorious and joyful uh, Thanksgiving day. We love you, and we will be right back here tomorrow on Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.